Hi, this is Jeffrey Aaron, and welcome to today's Flying Talkers. We've been thinking about IATA as air cargo becomes more famous in the mainstream media with regard to the COVID-19 PPE flight performance. In the face of all the attention, IATA has shuttered all of its cargo expertise in Geneva and Montreal. Glenn Hughes, head of cargo, and others in both locations have taken packages and they're out. So as Cargo Network Services were wondering, that wonderfully original American-based organization we know as CNS that hosts the CNS Partnership Next, do we stand to lose the expertise of CNS President and the advocacy of CNS President Michael White and his team? Stay tuned. Right after this, we'll talk about it. And welcome again to today's Flying Talkers. Flying Talkers 2020 is brought to you by the people of ATC, simply the best GSSA in the transportation business. ATC today delivers the global airline cargo business the fastest growing, most respected general service and sales organization in the world. ATC Can Do Difference creates for all ideal situations designed by people working together to win. To discover what ATC can bring to your business anywhere in the world, contact HQ at ATC-Aviation.com or take a look and reach out at www.ATC-Aviation.com or you can call at 490-6969-80530. ATC, one world one global air cargo GSSA. This is Jeffrey Aaron. We asked Jan Krems, what it is about CNS that appeals to him, that appeals to his membership in CNS as a member of the board and so forth. What is it about CNS that makes CNS special? This is what he said. This is what he said last Friday, the 25th of September. IATA and Cargo Network Services, CNS, must recognize that CNS needs to maintain a strong voice for the Airline Forwarder Partnership. Jan is the president of United Airlines Cargo. Right now, thankfully, we seem to be at the doorstep for the hope for vaccine that will deliver us all from the global COVID-19 nightmare. The CNS partnership is and will remain a vital force for good as the industry works to get things back to normal. We need our trusted organizations to bring us together and make sure that cooperation between all parties not only maintains a single standardized system in place, but also advances our offering through cooperation that touches every aspect of the logistics supply chain. Air Cargo cannot carry the airline business alone. 
Thanks to the brilliance of our team, United Cargo have moved more than 6,000 charters since March. Looking ahead, we can expand our impact even more as air cargo becomes an even greater and more important resource as the COVID-19 impact is mitigated. For all of us, up and down the line, in all aspects of our industry, to be as good as we want to be, we need unique opportunities for cooperation that the CNS Advocacy offers, working for the advancement and betterment of the entire logistics industry. That's the word from Jan Krems, the president of United Airlines Cargo. Tough time in a year. Backs against the wall. Can't carry the ball alone. But every resource needs to be maximized. And when he's counting what matters, what's hot, what's not, CNS is right up there. Likewise, we asked uh, Joe Frigger, the uh, chairman of Emotrans, which has continued to advocate the CNS partnership almost since it began, in fact, since it began for decades, to share his view on the partnership today. And this is what he said. The formation of CNS always was and still is a great opportunity for meaningful dialogue between the airlines and freight forwarders. Emotrans have always supported this goal and hope that going forward, a balanced view of all participants and their business interests can be maintained. You know, I regret that CNS has only been created in USA and that this model has not been expanded to other worldwide areas like Europe, Asia, Middle East, and Latin America. You know, the advantage of close cooperation between partners becomes more evident in today's global markets as geopolitical developments create a great deal of division and uncertainty for all involved. Well, as we said at the top, we've been thinking about IATA as air cargo becomes more famous in the mainstream media in regards to COVID-19 PPE flights performances. I don't think we'll ever forget all those beautiful crew and, and, and pilots and cabin attendants and other people, ground people sitting around operating around the airplanes up onto the main deck uh, with the masks on. And right now what's going on in the world with airlines taking out seats and, and hooking up uh, cargo to the uh, to the uh, seat uh, seat rails in the in the airplanes. I mean, the only thing that really holds back putting anything on the main deck is the size of the door. And it seems to me that at some point maybe we'll just make a permanent bigger door in airplanes because I think any airplane should be ready to do whatever the hell it has to do, whether it be carrying our beloved people or be carrying our necessary uh, cargo anywhere in the world. But that's another story. But in the face of all this attention we're getting, the greatest amount of attention attention to uh, air cargo up and down the line since the Berlin airlift, since that, which invented modern air cargo, okay? IATA shuttered its cargo enterprise in Geneva and Montreal. Glenn Hughes, the well-known and very well-liked head of cargo and others in both locations have taken packages and are out. Wouldn't be surprised to see Glenn Hughes pop up at Tiaka who's looking for somebody to pull their nuts out of the fire. But we'll have to stay tuned for that one as well. So this is about cargo network services. Is cargo network services going to be 
Next, are we going to lose the expertise of Mike White and his team? I'll tell you what, I've been around 45 years. I've been around since CNS was formed. I was a frequent critic uh, of CNS. And one day we were at a Wings Club luncheon and Gunter Rohrman and uh, Tony Calabrese took me by the ears and shook me a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I realized... I also was out at the airport one day. I remember the gal from Air France, Ad Watt, and gave me a particularly vicious look. Now I shouldn't say vicious. I was just particularly a withering look would be a better, you know, to, to withering heights looked at me. And uh, I started to think, you know what, maybe I should back up and dig myself a little bit and see what the hell's going on at CNS. And finally, finally decided, let's get behind the team here because it's a great American uh, motivating force for good in cargo. And Richard Malkin, who we'll mention later, was very much involved in that. He's the great original air cargo reporter. So based on the history of IATA and CNS, as I've covered, as I mentioned, 40 years, uh, 2020 could witness IATA gutting what's left of CNS because it's going on everywhere else. Currently, by the way, it's a team of three people you can believe that, it'll, but that will effectively destroy a position as the advocacy group for U.S. flags and their forwarder partners. And I might say for carriers that are also participating in CNS that are a big part of the uh, CNS presentation from overseas, I can mention Lufthansa, Cutter, Virgin. These are co- companies that really uh, come up big at CNS and I think also realize its importance, but they'll have to speak for themselves. What would this mean? It would be terrible for air cargo. CNS partnership is held yearly in various locations in the U.S. It's without a doubt the best customer conference ever devised by air cargo for doing bottom line business. I mean, not to mention the value of the daily activist work that CNS performs all the rest of the year on behalf of the airlines and the forwarders. Mike White is an absolute treasure what he does. I'll talk about that as well, but he keeps track of everything. He's involved in everything. He doesn't think who he is. He's the president of CNS Cargo, but he's right down on the ground. He gathers the information. He gets things done. And whatever it takes, we can't lose this guy as an advocate and somebody who's sharing things we need to know about the air cargo business. Now, let's be clear. CNS under the aforementioned doomsday scenario could stay in business on paper and would likely have a suit. Some guy, some woman, somebody, and a name to sidestep the antitrust rule, which uh, brought CNS into formation 30-some-odd years ago in the first place. Not sure how all of that would affect CAS, the money settlement system, and some other resources and processes. Uh, That's something that would have, have to be worked out. Well, right now, closing in on another bailout, you can really feel the pain, the airline's pain and have some sympathy for these airlines. And in fact, airlines everywhere that remain 70% empty in passenger cabins. So excuse me if the attention to the plight of an industry organization like CNS is in a back seat to the cargo in the passenger seats, as these airlines are working furiously to save their failing businesses. But without some outcry, even at the suggested possibility that CNS will disappear, odds are 
You might wake up one day to the news that gone is this jewel of a group born in America, as I mentioned, as the world's first organization dedicated to bringing the airlines and their forwarder partners together. In these things, IATA would be acting not unlike when, up until CNS President Tony Calabrese's retirement, he was there for 20 years, founded the thing with Jack Lindsay. CNS had retained a distinct image and a semi-independent agenda. The minute Tony packed it in, IATA then reined in CNS, turned it into a regional office. In other words, the independence that they enjoyed, the dynamism of what was going on for many, many years, was supposed to go away. It never did. But it gave IATA, in principle, they could do everything they want to do. They could do as they see fit. Because CNS, after all, is an IATA company. But, but what about the people that made the organization go? What about Jack Lindsay, Tony Calabrese, Brian Barrow, Bob Crandall, and Buzz Whalen, Japan Airlines, former chairman of American Airlines, some other people? Networking has always been the thing. And you can't deny that CNS is the greatest networking conference in the world, but it's also the greatest conference for doing business. You go to CNS, the chalets are lined up with the airlines and their books solid, chock-a-block, end-to-end, with people doing business. Then you get together in the garden, have a few drinks, maybe a little something to eat and compare. Sort of do that, that corporate networking dance, which works so very, very well. But I want to remember what some people that had a great impact on our business and continue to affect our business uh, had to say about CNS. Richard Malkin, the first air cargo reporter, the guy that was the founding editor of Cargo Airlift back in 1948, when he covered the Berlin Airlift and ended up with us uh, until he was about 105, passed away a few years ago. This is what he said about CNS. In an era where everybody has a trade show or a webinar, it's good to share what we can benefit from when we attend CNS. A quarter century ago, I was invited by the new cargo network service to contribute my experience and determine an answer to the vexing question, should CNS or should it not invest time, effort, and money in mounting a truly first-class air cargo conference? With the approval of CNS President Jack Lindsay, Dick wrote, the invitation has been extended by Anthony Calabrese and then Director of Product Development, who is aware of my intimacy with the industry's growing number of cargo conferences. I decided to, uh, to uh, cooperate. In the beginning, Dick Malkin reports, the scheduled airline's long-delayed awakening of the shipper as an important source of revenue was enriched by their flair for promotional ideas and public relations. Not much time passed before one of the carriers invited a section of the shipping public, forwarders, air cargo agents, industrial traffic managers, and purchasing agents to a luncheon meeting where they would be treated to a lesson in air cargo economics as well as to a tasty portion of roast beef. That always works. 
Competitor airlines gradually followed with their own versions of satisfying appetites while getting across the hard sell. It took a while, but as these meetings became longer, more detailed, and more sophisticated productions, I gradually became aware that something was amiss. In virtually every instance, the airline representatives in the audience seriously outnumbered the customer attendees. So I editorialized on the problem in cargo airlift. Didn't the lopsided audience division matter to the airlines? Uh, were they delivering the right message from the platform? What confined the user's response to disappointing limits? The few readers who bothered to answer failed to cast convincing light on the puzzle, Dick said. Tony Calabrese was one of my oldest and closest friends in the industry, he confided. Typically, when we sat down with cups of coffee to discuss the unfairness of an IATA rule or recent breakpoints on electronic goods, it would wind up with a criticism of the conductor's use of his baton or on concert artists' foibles. Good friends, we talk about a lot of times. But this time with Jack Lindsay present, he's the founder of CNS, at our meetings at CNS offices, Tony came right up to the reason for the meeting without any prelims. On the basis of my wide experience, what is my personal reaction to a proposal to sponsor an annual air cargo conference in the USA that would take place around the country? Oh no, Malkin groaned. And then he proceeded to repeat the argument, especially when travel expenses and hotel fees were involved. He predicted failure. And he foresaw himself saying to Tony, I told you so if you went ahead with his program. Tony was unfazed, Dick said, arguing that CNS built-in membership of several thousand agents represented a live pool of prospects. There existed an area of common interest and values. Well, I cited the example of the CAB, the old Civil Aeronautic Board sponsorship of the one-day air cargo conferences scheduled in as many as six cities throughout the United States. After the third meeting, appalled by the paucity of active interest on the customer side, the board canceled the remaining shows, I told him. In Chicago with John C. Emery, the son of the founder of Emery Air Freight, the people who, by the way, invented freight forwarding. Emery was the featured speaker. The meeting sponsor was forced to resort to an invitation to a local business school's transportation and export students to fill the vacant seats. So with the ringers in the audience, the uh, session proceeded. Dick recalls Tony was probably aware of the incidents, but in his calm, evenly stated way, he bore down on his confidence in the CNS agent's homegrown support. This was basic, he said. There were, too, the forwarders and the shippers. In the end, Lindsay, after whose retirement a couple years later, Tony was to succeed as CNS president, went along with Tony, and the first CNS partnership conference was born. Over the years, the partnership conference 
which sprang from Tony's fertile mind, was recognized as one of the world's industry's best. During the closing hours of the initial meeting, Tony and I were sitting next to each other at the dinner table. We chatted about the day's highlights. He had an idea that he wanted to implement next year, and before he could get into the details, he was interrupted by an aide who handed him a sheet of paper. Tony looked at it briefly, smiled, then the smile broadened into a grin. Quote, customer attendance, he said, 18% over airline attendance. Whereupon he leaned over to me, Dick wrote, and sweetly whispered in my ear, I told you so. Well, this is what I have to say. People have called CNS Partnership a lot of things, myself included, in 30 years, 30 plus years, but the gathering has never been slow or late in providing a first-class venue for conducting business. So let's take a moment and credit the individual who, as we mentioned in Dick's piece, dreamed up the partnership conference in, in the first place. That's Tony Calabrese, who served from 86 to 2006. I mean, the way he kept it going could make you cry for 20 years with all of that going on, especially if you look in the past years since he's left, they've had four or five presidents. But now they got Mike White. That's another story, but that's a great other story. He ensured there was plenty of time and space for cargo executives to feel that they had discovered the perfect spot to cut a deal. That's what you want to put CNS in simple terms. They can come in and see your customer, relax in a chalet, get together. Nobody's going to tell you you got to, you know, jump into this or jump into that. And my favorite is time that, uh, well, the current chairman of uh, Lufthansa Group, uh, Karsten Spohr, when he was running cargo, flew all the way out to the uh, Vancouver to the World Cargo Symposium. And... Uh, came to me after the first big general meeting came over and said, why the hell am I here? I read about it in Flying Typers and, uh, you know, you're writing about it and cheering and everything else, but what's the purpose of me being here? And then on the way back to, uh, on the way back to New York, my wife and I are sitting in this air, on this Air Canada flight and, uh, Kai Kratke comes over and says to my wife, can I can I take your seat? I got to talk to Jeffrey. Well, Kai was running a company called Jade Cargo at the time. He sat down, he looked at me, and he said, you know, I'm running this company in Shenzhen, and we're not doing that well. We're having some challenges. You know, we're confident we can make it work, but how about uh, going to this World Cargo Symposium. I figured I'd show up over there because uh, it's a mandated meeting. You have to go to this thing because you're an IATA airline. That's your mandated meeting. Like IATA has a mandated passenger meeting the same way. Anyway, we all get together in a room and this guy stands up and says, anybody have any ideas? The first thing out of his mouth, here I am back against the wall with this airline trying to come over to this time, take the precious time to come over and ask these people to find out from these people. Maybe they've got some ideas. He wants to know if I've got any ideas. What the hell is this all about, Cratke said to me. Well, 
it's probably good to tell that story and it is good to tell that story because it puts things in proper perspective. Tony Calabresa, when I started CNS, the airlines and the forwarders, even the airlines and the airlines barely spoke to each other. He told me this in 2011. What happened right away from the very first partnership conference in 1986 that everybody discovered through understanding that our supposed differences were more a myth than fact. Recognizing that personal relationships are an important part of the way the industry does business and our success in attracting key decision makers, not just from the U.S., but from around the globe, we deliberately at CNS structured our program to allow people time to meet and conduct business without detracting from the main conference sessions. Our business sessions were meant to stimulate debate and generate new ideas, to not allow people the opportunity to build on this would be doing them a disservice. CNS takes considerable pride in the success of the partnership conference and the role it has played in bringing together the prime movers of the air cargo industry to foster the development of an airline forwarder relationships. Tony Calabrese shepherded this North American gathering, as I mentioned, until his retirement in 2006. For the record, CNS was born from IATA losing its antitrust immunity, a consequence of the competitive marketing investigation and subsequent deregulation, which is the reason the American-based organization had to keep an arm's length relationship with IATA for many, many years. Tony said, for years we struggled for recognition and many people thought CNS was not more than the CAS settlement system. To change that perception, we started a magazine called CNS Focus. It was a four-page newsletter, and we sent it around to our members. I remember when that happened, too. I, I thought that was a great idea. We also launched the CNS Partnership Conference, and I've talked ad nauseum about this, Tony said. But hey, I wanted our conference to be different. To us, partnership was never about CNS. It was about industry stakeholders, objectives, and needs. We never looked at the event as a big moneymaker either. It's not a big money. It's not a big power thing. It's not that thing goes on in Germany, a uh, Messe München thing where, where you know, where the, where the, the distance between the uh, displays has become more like a pig run than, than a place for human beings over there in Munich. Our approach was to do what was good for air cargo. The purpose was to bring airlines and forwarders together. From that simple premise, we held our first conference in Tarpon Springs near Tampa, Florida. We set up meeting tables of 10 places each in the hall and assigned luck of the draw seating to everyone. So it was a complete round robin. The idea right out of the gate was to keep people from congregating with coworkers or best friends. We wanted to stimulate conversation, the floor discussion, even a debate. Tony Calabrese told me in 2011. Okay, so here we fast forward to Mike White, who's the president of CNS. And I'll tell you something, and hear me good, not since Tony Calabrese served as president during those heady days of hope for air cargo has CNS had a more inventive and balanced advocate for air cargo in the airline forwarder shipper proposition than Mike White. And boy, do we need him on the heels of COVID-19. Do we need this guy now? And can we only hope and pray that his show, his CNS partnership, takes off in Texas or wherever the hell it is next, early next year. 
I sometimes think is the chalets filled with customers at the partnership conference. I'm thinking back a couple, just the last few. Everybody gets together around an open trade show in an open display halls. And then he's got a little uh, stage set up for some conversation. Then he has evening parties where, you know, people stand around in a garden. Usually it's not a sit down dinner, but it's, you know, finger food and the, uh, the, the, uh, and the liquor, you know, and a full menu CNS leadership there to talk to people and this, the airline, the princes of the, the princes and, and an occasional female uh, lead of an airline, they all get together uh, and we talk about things. Mike is a global air cargo treasure and to lose CNS as he works to stabilize air cargo by bringing out the best and the brightest as this pandemic lessons would be nothing less than a tragedy for the advancement of air cargo. To underscore why CNS partnership and its current leadership matters, here for the record is what Mike said a few years ago about the first meaningful, the guy that really got CNS, gave it its chops, Tony Calabrese, that I've already spoken about ad nauseum. But I asked Mike about that, about, I guess it must have been, I don't know, a couple years ago. Mike said, I've known Tony for years. And I always kept in my mind his words about the CNS partnership event he started. Mike, Tony said, we started this to bring parties together and never forget why the word partnership has made the event such a success. So we continue to carry on what Tony started, Mike told me. Here are some people that made a difference at CNS. Given the opportunity here, I'd like to mention some people, a lot of them are New York-based type people that were responsible for putting together this great organization. So their support really made it possible, mostly airline guys, but some others as well. I'm unsure how many more chances I'll have to recall these people, Cargo Network Services, after 45 years and being late September now, the days dwindle down to a precious few. But here goes as we bring back for one more curtain call some of the people who during the past years have given of themselves in a genuine effort to make the air cargo industry better by supporting CNS. Gunter Rohrman, the great force behind Air Express International Wings and Wheels that ended up as part of Deutsche Post, he was a very dramatic and dynamic board member and chairman of CNS. We don't hear much from Gunter these days. I assume he's okay. Uh, every once in a while, I'll speak to Jens Tubasing, who also served, I guess at one point, as the president of CNS. Doesn't say much, but uh, they do have a forwarding company and apparently he's still around somewhere. 
During the early years, the CNS board, both airlines and forwarder members, really gave the organization purpose. Have to remember Lisa Marie Turpin and Donna Mullins. Uh, they carried the ball and helped things work. And some other people I want to mention, Cotton Daly at TWA, Buzz Whalen, Japan Airlines, Pat Phelan, Aer Lingus, Ed Moritz at British Airways, Isaac Najankin at Varig, Jerry Trimbley at SAS, Bill Bosch at American Airlines, Dave Brooks at American Airlines, Lise Marie I mentioned before. She was really great. Jim Friedel at Northwest, and of course others, brokers and forwarders, Joel Dukowski, never to forget Joe Frigger, to name some outstanding leaders at CNS. Joe said to me last week, that's Joe Frigger, he said, quote, our best work has been bringing the industry together. You know, after all these years, he's still keen and still sharp about CNS in the sense that he considers it's important in the future. And today, Mike makes CNS great by carrying the organization around on his broad shoulders, working to make a better air cargo industry every day. Thanks to all these people, and uh, thanks for the opportunity to share their names, not to be ever forgot. This is Jeffrey Arendt. While our story came out last Friday, the 25th, I wanted to add a comment we had from Jessica Tyler, who kindly responded to a letter that I sent her asking her, why does CNS matter? This is what she wrote. While on the surface, things may look uncertain or even disruptive when changes like this one come about, I truly believe and have learned over the years that unexpected changes are sometimes just the catalyst needed for meaningful progress to take place. Then, the president of the cargo division of the world's largest airline said, IATA and CNS are critical to our industry and the role we play in the world. But guess what? These organizations are made up of incredibly talented people. If something happens that shakes up these entities or how they are organized or led, we, the talented people of this great industry, we will find a way. We always do. Well, maybe I'm a bit of a primitive. I didn't quite understand that letter. I thought a simple ringing endorsement of CNS was what I was looking for, but you know what? You can't always get what you want. So I wrote to her and I said, since when is CNS not we? And she once again very kindly wrote back and said, we is this industry and all the people in it and all the people in these governing bodies. We will figure it out. We is all of us. 
Well, I thought about that a little bit and made me feel even stronger towards CNS because putting competent people together is not sufficient to say that the assembly of those people works well or is actually producing positive results. You know, CNS produces positive results and it's up to all of us to keep them around for a while. This is Jeffrey Aaron thanking you for your time this time. Until next time, keep them flying, Air Cargo. Goodbye. Speak to me. Good, Lou.